There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Close enough, right? All right, Alvin, we're going to tell a little story today. Nice, I love a story. The theme of today's show is how local media goes bad. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm going to show you exactly how this works here. So, Connecticut. One of the news stations in Connecticut is WTNH. It's Channel 8. Mm-hmm. Since I do radio in Connecticut now, this is part of my daily routine. Is that the one that's sort of more New Haven focused? Like yes, it's it down is. Down towards the New York side. Yes, right? it is. Okay. Very observant, Alice. Yes. Uh, and they're usually they're pretty strong. They've got a strong crew. In other words, they get to stories. They're professional. They put together packages. I've used some stuff from, from them. I use... All of them have their, they all kiss the ass of the government and the governor. They're mm-hmm. all just non-existent there. But I do use, um, I do use them for different reasons for all sorts of, for all sorts of local news here and there. You can piece, mm-hmm. piece them together. That's fine. Some people do a better job than others. And I've told, I've mentioned those. Like Matt Karen is really good. He's got, suddenly he's got an, He's got it out for uh, election fraud in the state. He's like ripping it mm-hmm. up now. He's great. Eliza Krasinski is very attractive, but also very good at what she does. <laughs> um, and there's a few others as well. You say that like people might think that you base your judgments on of people on their looks. Oh, um, I oh I do <laughs> for female new reporters because there, a lot of them are very beautiful and and I'm a straight man and I'm not re- like I'm not cheating on my wife. So you know, I'm, I'm uh, 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 you know, admiring the fauna, or is it flora? Fauna. Animals are fauna, and flora is fauna. Flora, like flower, is. And all these, and obviously, these TV ladies want their beauty to be seen, right? I mean, (laughs) not by me, obviously, but they want it to be seen by other people. I mean, this is the game, right? So Mm -hmm. there you go. The guys are good looking too. I get it. I like Bill Malugin as much as the next person. He's also a great reporter. Yes, yeah. It doesn't always work like that. So, 
Local news, how does it get this way? Well, let's go to Channel 8. I was tipped off by Tim from Hamden, who's actually a caller who usually hates my uh, politics and, and is... But uh, but he found this uh, out. Th found out this was happening. This this special uh, feature on Channel Eight about hate crime, hate, hate, hate coming in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Now he's a good lefty, so he's all about calling out hate, etc. Right. But he's also a guy who had a bunch of friends at the station nightclub fire. Oh. So he picked up on something. And I'll show you, or, or you'll see what it is. News 8 exclusive investigation, the state of hate. The latest data shows Connecticut is ninth in the country for white supremacist incidents and 11th when you look at anti-Semitic events. No, no, we're going to get to that obviously nonsense. Be Connecticut is, of course, all the blue states all consider themselves the most racist, which is why Boston, you know, propels upon itself. The reputation of being like America's most racist city for exactly. some reason. So this right. is all BS, but fine. And it looks as if things are only getting worse. News 8 investigative reporter Jeff Derdarian joins us now with more on all of this. The numbers are alarmingly high. If you feel like you're hearing about signs of hate. Jeff Derdarian is a former Boston reporter and then a former Rhode Island reporter. Mm -hmm. And then, I, I believe I have this right, uh... And then he and his brother invested and bought a nightclub, the Station Nightclub. And you people remember this. Mm -hmm. This was where the Station Nightclub fire happened, where the god-awful band Great White was playing, and th the place got lit on fire. So Tim had friends there. So Tim is not a fan of Jeff Dardarian. Jeff Dardarian has really been, professionally in the TV world, persona mm -hmm. non grata now for 20 well, years. Well, and so I was doing a well, bit well, I'm good. Okay. Go so ahead. I have a bunch of backstory that I'm going to hit. Okay. And then you can fill it in, okay? Okay. So, so, um, so here's a wrap, a, a, a pieces of Dateline NBC from 2003. This was taken scraped off of a VHS tape, so the quality is not great. But you're going to hear Brian Williams reporting, <coughs> sorry, on the Station Nightclub uh, fire from that time. This is Dateline NBC. One of the nation's deadliest nightclub disasters, a fire so powerful and so sudden, it lit up a Rhode Island rock and roll club like a blowtorch, killing 100 people in its path. Her description about how fast the fire spread echoed what Purser showed us. All of a sudden you saw the curtains go, and it kept going up, and you're like, you saw that. I saw it happen, but at first I didn't realize it wasn't part of the show. And on this tape, you can see how others might have thought the same thing. Moments into the first number, the band sets off pyrotechnics, fireworks that shoot off in three directions. Almost at once, the sparks ignite the foam symmetrically on either side of the stage. But then, within seconds... The foam is the focus here, because mm -hmm. this foam is crappy foam. It was not the right type of foam. It's exactly the wrong type of foam. Keep that in mind. The fire spreads beyond the stage area. The video was shot by a crew doing a report on, of all things... Club safety. The incredible grief we're feeling cannot truly be expressed by words. Certainly the Jadarian brothers did not intend to hurt anyone, but did they know the foam they used was dangerous? The company that sold it to the brothers would not talk to Dateline, but officials there have been quoted as saying while they carry fire retardant foam, the Jadarians bought cheaper non-fire retardant packing foam. The Dardarians say they weren't given a choice and they didn't know the foam they bought was not fire retardant. 
two years before the fire, in an almost incredible ironic twist, Jeffrey Derderian reported on the combustibility of polyurethane foam in mattresses when he was a TV reporter in Boston. Polyurethane foam. Fire safety experts call this stuff solid gasoline. The same foam he later put up on the walls of his club. The same foam that apparently helped turn the rock and roll revelers into panic-stricken, caged animals. And there were people on top of me, and um, I was crawling, like, with my fingers. I was just, like, scratching at the floor because people were falling on you and punching and wrestling and fighting. It was horrible. What were you hearing? With dark, you couldn't Screaming, see. swearing. There was a lot of swearing. And then, after a while, it was turned to, like, screams, like horror screams. Those who were able to fight through the fumes and make it to the front door got caught in a logjam of people trying desperately to push through the entrance. Now, I remember, like, we were all sticking our hands out, like our, our arms were sticking out. Tammy says someone pulled her from the pile. Then she turned and faced the doorway. It looked to me like about a hundred heads crying and screaming. And they couldn't be pulled out? No, they were just stuck there. Julie, the bartender, saw the same sickening sight. I seen the people in the doorway go up, and I just couldn't believe it. That what do you mean exactly. people in the doorway going up? They were put things. They were just packed in there. You mean they were sacked? Yeah. They were burning? Yeah. The parking lot looked like a battle zone. You'd look and you'd see one person a little bit hurt and you'd look and you'd see something even worse off and just everywhere you looked there was just somebody laying and somebody worse than somebody else and people mm -hmm. were just throwing themselves in snow, you know? I mean, it's just, it was the most horrific thing I've ever seen in my entire life. In the days after the fire, much was made about the fact that the band used fireworks without permission. In fact, neither the club nor the band had a license to use pyrotechnics. But experts say those fireworks would not have been so deadly if the foam had not been there to accelerate the blaze. So there you go. Yeah, and I mean, so a bunch of people were ultimately held somewhat responsible for this. Um, you know, people paid out a bunch of settlements from the foam company, the company that sold the foam, the, you know, the the insurances of the club and of the tour. And uh, there, there were a lot of people who were ultimately forced to pay some kind of monetary damages. This guy's brother, Jeff. Michael Dedarian is his brother. Yep. Yeah. Um, he served jail time. And apparently afterwards they said in a documentary that the judge let them pick which one of them would serve jail time. Oh, that's how that worked. Okay. So one just did time served or, or yeah, yeah Michael one didn't got, go to jail. Jeff, Jeff did, didn't go no, to Jeff jail. Jeff didn't go to jail. Michael did. Right. He did like 500 hours of community service or right. anything, but exactly. he never had to go to jail over this. And the, the tour manager guy did go to jail as yes. well. Um, and he actually, the families, uh, a bunch of the families weighed in and asked for him to get parole fairly mm -hmm. early because he pled guilty initially right off the bat against the advice of his attorney because he felt so awful yes. about everything. He wrote personal letters to every single family of mm -hmm. everyone who was killed in the fire. And, you know, was he reached out to everybody and really like fell on the sword right. in a lot of ways. And so a lot of the, and donated all his time from like the work that he did in prison to charity organizations. Like he, uh, a lot of the families felt strongly that he was like trying to pay the price and that Michael and Jeff Dardanian did well, not. Right. And, and also, and, and that I, they, there was a spirit too mm -hmm. that I remember at the time that 
these people died loving Great White. You know, they didn't really blame the band. You know, I mean, they, mm-hmm. the, they, there was one of the guitarists of the band died also. Right, right. But um, yeah, and and I I don't know that they loved the band afterwards necessarily. The band didn't come back to New England for like that a long time afterwards. Probably wise, yes. And they did not like play that song again for a long time afterwards. The one that they played. So when all the they music is off. So yeah. A- um, but anyway, they. It, the feeling was certainly that the two brothers who owned the club and were doing this report on club safety were not held responsible enough for what happened. And so wait a second, wait, it was Dadarian who was doing, yeah, the club safety thing. You're kidding me. Yeah. So this is part of what oh. happened. Is WPRI also was very heavily criticized and let him go, and that's why he did not work in journalism again for a long, long time, mm-hmm. because a lot of people felt that it was not necessarily ethical for him to be doing this thing for his own club on club safety from oh, a journalism totally... perspective. It, oh, forget the fact that his club burned down club while Ola, they were doing other things. Right. I mean, yeah, so, that is, re- you get whacked for that. So yeah. So, you know, even without the club actually burning down while they're doing the thing on club safety, but yeah, the situation with the phone and the whole thing was terrible. There were a few other things too. They were cited for other violations. Mm-hmm. The fire people did not catch the foam violation because they didn't realize what type of foam it was from yeah. a distance or whatever. Some spray paint or something. Um, they also had a door that didn't open from the inside. It opened inward. Right. Which very, is, yeah, very Coconut Grove. And people felt that, uh, and they had removed it when they were cited for it initially, but they put it back on sometimes when they were when they had a loud event because of noise complaints. Right. Um, so it was on the door that day. was, And that wasn't the main entrance where a lot mm-hmm. of people died, but it was on the entrance that the band used in the back and that other people were not able to figure out that door that opened inward that day. So that also led to deaths. I mean, the, there were a number of things um, that went on that people felt that the, those two brothers that owned the place were not necessarily held criminally responsible enough, even though they did pay a significant amount of money and damages eventually. But now it seems... To, it might seem to people. Do you have more on this? Is that, is that, that was my what okay. I had for right now. Good, yeah. thank you. For, that's that's great because you know more about it than I do. But but so but this is not the point of this. Seems like a true crime uh, episode right now. But that's not mm-hmm. the point. The point is how media gets bad. Local media gets bad. Well, I guess we saw how it gets bad with WPRI having a reporter reporter on his own club and how cool it is, <laughs> which is an in kind contribution. That is totally my. That's probably borderline a federal offense um but it's certainly unethical but these guys seem like they were unethical or certainly cut quarters corners mm-hmm. now 20 years go by and jeff Dadarian wants to wants to um rebrand himself right i just asked a friend of mine uh who is in radio in providence what he thinks of jeff Dadarian. And it was in radio in Providence at that time, and he just responded with one word: murderer. Mm-hmm. So, um, so um, we, um, so they've been. So he's back. Jeff Sterling's back, and he wants to clean his brand up and try to enter the public square again. So he did a. He jumped on CBS in Boston and did an interview. 
And nine months after the tragedy, the club's owners and the band's tour manager were held responsible, but a plea agreement meant there was no trial. Now they're telling their side of the story for the first time on CBS's 48 Hours. Why are you sitting here talking to me? We wanted the full story to come out, not just some of it, and that for people who want to come to their own conclusion on what happened that night. Yada, yada, yada. So anyway, they're on the, you know, recovery tour, rebrand tour, mm -hmm. clean us up tour. So now he's ended up at WTNH mm -hmm. in Connecticut. And I don't even like understand that. Is that. Isn't it highly competitive trying to get into news media? Like, aren't yes. there a bazillion up and coming reporters who would like jobs that they can choose from? Why go with this guy? It just seems like unnecessary. Just find another line of work, dude. Yes. Work at, all the retail stores are hiring. You know what I mean? Like, go be a store manager or something where you can't, like, do any harm. But My guy in the nose says, uh, yeah. Your guy in the nose says. Uh, <laughs> he says he's very short, which he is. is <laughs> um, but, I mean, doesn't it just seem from the news outlet's perspective that it's really not necessary to hire <laughs> this well, guy when there's so many other people who would love to be in this business and well, don't I, have the deaths of a hundred people uh, well, on their doorstep you'd think it would be easy but you're gonna there's a clue at the end of this news package also i noticed that i looked at an npr write-up of this and it notes that the npr pr uh author uh reporter i had also worked with him in tv at the note there was a footnote mm -hmm. so you know this guy's these people work in the similar markets so they know each other Maybe there, maybe he was a good guy in the office. Who knows, you know? And maybe right. they're trying to rehab him, whatever. Maybe, maybe he's a really good guy, and he just messed up. And they know that this has been weighing on him. Who knows? I'm sure it has. He's a human being, not a monster, right? This has been weighing on him for years. That he's felt guilt mm -hmm. about this, and just trying to, you know, get back in and etc. All that stuff is out the window for me because of the package that he's done. Now TNH has hired him. He's full time. And this news package, I didn't even want to talk about this today on the air. Were you, were you, you right there with me? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but it immediately ticked me off. Because not only is he trying to cleanse himself and whitewash his reputation, but he's doing it in the most dastardly way that makes news uh, dangerous. And this is complete and total BS. This whole special investigation he's done on hate. The broad concept of hate. Which can mean so much, but mostly it means people who look like you and me are being mean to everybody else and trying to kill them. So vote Democratic. That's what it mostly means. So let's listen to Jeff Dedarian. More than ever, you're absolutely right. And our investigation found prosecuting people connected to these extremist groups is a heavy lift because of the blurred line between what is a hate crime and your First Amendment rights. It's prosecuting them is a heavy lift because... There aren't crimes happening. Right. Dropping leaflets. It's it's hard to prosecute dropping leaflets as a crime. Put it that way. Exactly. And if you want to have be the Patriot Front or whatever and wear blue T-shirts and khakis and whatever, that's also not a crime. And it doesn't matter if you think America needs to be white again. <clears throat> that's also not a crime. Right. So that's why these are hard to prosecute because there's no crimes happening. I get the feeling he produced this up himself, too. It seems like over-the-toppy journalism-soundy. They've got hate in their hearts. 
it's showing you can white people see their eyes never mind know their names they're always lurking in the shadows this is the they're always lurking in the shadows (laughs) are they really in connecticut united states always national hate group patriot front that oh yes has a presence in our state Another is called NSC 131, again, with local residents right in the rank. By the way, they're showing Patriot Front again, because there's well, no footage of NSC 31. But because they do mostly probably don't do anything. It's probably like seven people in an internet chat right, room. which is what all Three of whom is. are federal agents. Yes. These groups claim they're anti-communism. So now we've, we're cutting to January 6th. With MAGA hat wearing people fighting the cops. Because he mostly doesn't have any footage right. of any white supremacist groups doing anything in Connecticut. Exactly. So now he's trying to force feed you this. See, this is what I mean when I see hate. It's the Nazi group. It's the Patriot Front group. And it's just Trump people. It's all the same thing. It's all all hate. Just is. But that's not it. Not at all. <laughs> They're more generations. White supremacists or anti-LGBTQ. That's always... He doesn't know that. <laughs> These, he, why are they showing January 6th if he's talking to neo-Nazis or uh, white supremacists or, LGB, or anti-LGBTQ? And by the way, what does anti-LGBTQ mean, Alice? Uh, Christian? No, it means that you disagree with any part of the huge umbrella agenda of LGBTQ. Any part of it. That's what it means. It means that you, that you don't want gender queer in the library. That's anti-LGBTQ. He's recruiting hate in Connecticut. Is it getting worse? Now he's showing the noose at the Amazon facility, which nobody knows anything about that or what it means. It's not a noose big enough to do anything. It's a piece of rope with a little loop, <laughs> but close enough. Sadly, the data tells us that hate is on the yeah, the, music. the examples around our state seem endless. Just last week on the Yukon campus, hateful emails and voicemails sent to Muslim and Palestinian students. End of October. The Yukon campus is where, on October 7th, within hours of the massacre, there was a celebration happening. Right. Uh, people jumping around, having a good time, celebrating with the parachuters and the rapes and the murders, etc. That is not in this. Jeff Dedarian leaves that right out of his coverage here. Right. That is not in this. It's a few emails and voicemail messages that somebody got. Those are right there. Yep. Those are the important things. Those are the important things. Over an old line. Campaign signs to face. Swastikas and other images spray painted across the front. Three weeks ago, the local chapter of NSC 131 hit Winstead, leaving propaganda flyers. Police were called, but... New Englanders, you are being replaced. Organize and resist is what they're horribly scary flyers say. So these aren't like... I mean, if you were leaving flyers at like the home of a black person telling them they right. weren't welcome there that you could maybe turn into a hate crime because that would be like harassment or something right. but if you're leaving flyers to recruit more white people into your group then that's probably not a crime yes these are jerks certainly <laughs> they're not I don't right. endorse their views nope. obviously nope. <laughs> they're racist slip away fast and prosecuting them is difficult. The, the way they slip away fast is they drive around at three in the morning throwing baggies of rocks and flyers out the window. Right. That's how they slip away because they're not really there. <laughs> More on that later. At the Essex Public Library, over 20 books were Listen. mysteriously removed from a Pride Month display. Whoa. Over the summer here... 20 books mysteriously removed from a Pride Month display. 
Oh my goodness! Leaving only fifty-eight thousand Pride <laughs> Month books left. So that's a hate crime. You have to love the Pride Month display and can't tamper with books. Any tampering with any books, it cannot be allowed. Right. Now he's standing in Trinity Street, or squatting in Trinity Street, uh, on the Black Lives Matter mural. Here at this Black Lives Matter mural near the state capitol, a swastika was scribbled across the artwork. That physical symbol of hate is gone now, but the memory of it isn't. Of course, the Black Lives Matter thing, in the wake of... Uh, considering they endorse parachuters killing concert goers and raping innocent Jewish girls, the Black Lives Matter uh, affiliation is a hate symbol. Yes, and he's walking on it right now, and you think he could mention that, <clears throat> but he is not mentioning that. Of course. Be the worst example of it. The video we're about to show you could be the most disturbing video you have ever seen. Wow. More I, disturbing than the nightclub fire that we just watched? Right. I would say probably not. Well, we'll see. Let's see. May 2021. News 8 cameras capture a white woman spitting directly and intentionally in the face of a black woman at a Black Lives Matter protest. The woman was charged, but charges were dropped after she agreed to take classes on hate crime and do community service. Corinne Prescott believes people can change and that she can help make that happen. So kind of like the same punishment he got. If I don't believe that allowing 100 people to die in his name. Exactly. So I just saw the picture. The woman is just very calmly standing there. And then the the woman on the megaphone is saying something. And this white woman does spit on her. Hartford, Connecticut, a judge Friday dismissed hate crime and other charges against a white woman who spat on a black woman during the competing protests at the Connecticut State Capitol, then was allowed to resolve the case through probation. The victim called the uh, outcome being spit on once again. The justice system has failed me, Corinne Prescott said. Yulia Gilstein had faced charges including deprivation of rights, rights, which is a hate crime in the 2021 encounter. Then she was granted a special probation. Um... They let the first-time offenders avoid criminal record if they complete certain requirements. Hers included 100 hours of anti-hate instruction. wonder what that's sounded like. Yeah. The two women, both in their 40s, crossed paths as people rallied at the Capitol on ver- for, for various causes on January 6, 2021. The White Supremacist Day. Oh, okay. The start of a new state legislative sl- session. It was also, as it turned out, the date of the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. Yeah. And it was in the thick of the coronavirus pandemic. Prescott was taking part in Black Lives Matter demonstration. Gilstein was protesting mandatory childhood vaccinations and COVID-19 mask requirements. Prescott said she and others were shouting Black Lives Matter and other slogans when Gilstein countered her with remarks including all lives matter. And they say black lives don't matter. Prescott, who was wearing a face mask, also told Gilstein to back up because she wasn't masked. Gilstein then spat in her face and left. Gilstein's attorney... Uh, said the client's actions were wrong, but not racially motivated. He characterized the encounter as a reaction to a heated environment. But it doesn't matter. It's close enough. It's close enough um, that, you know, you're never going to get that narrative. Do the, like, anti-incarceration people, do they really want people jailed for spitting on people? I don't know. Do you think during the Black Lives Matter protests, any cops or anybody were spit on? Uh, I would say probably. Yes. Yeah, I would say so too. That then, what is this for? If I don't believe that, then why Hear am the I going to get up every day and continue to fight? Wow! So Here we go. How bad is hate in our state? Well, that 
may just surprise you. According to the... I've already seen the most horrific video I've ever seen. Well, not as bad as the video that Hamas took. Of course, the the UConn Mm -hmm. campus celebrated. You know, not as bad as that video. But it was the worst I've ever seen. So here we go. Inevitably, as all uh, doctored fraudulent news stories on hate uh, require, we, we visit the SPLC. Southern Poverty Law Center's 2022 hate map, at least 11 hate and anti-government groups are being actively tracked in Connecticut. And the um, 12 groups tr- uh, tracked in Connecticut, and the graphic shows which 12 groups, and I've actually pulled up the SPLC's page just to make sure. I want to know how close to these people I am. Right. Are you one of the groups? (laughs) I assume. Tom Shattuck. I'm actually right there. People who listen to Tom Shattuck, one group. SPLC hate groups mentioned Mm -hmm. by Jeff Dadarian in this rubbish WTNH piece of crap uh, feature. Here's one of the hate groups. Connecticut parents involved in education. (laughs) The the, the SPLC, uh, Southern Property Law Center, says they're anti-government. It's an anti-government movement statewide. Here's another one. How does that make you a hate group being against the government? Here's another one. I just spoke to the chairwoman of this group last week, of this hate group. Moms for Liberty. Oh. Fairfield County, Connecticut chapter. You know Andrea who calls us sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's it. Anti-government movement. There, I had another hate group. Mostly they just don't want porn in school. Right. Exactly. They don't want you to take their make their kid into a pretend girl. Uh, and have uh, their daughter have a chest binder on. But that's a hate thing. Here's another one. National Constitutional Coalition of Patriotic Americans. Uh-oh. Anti-government group. Now, this one may actually be. This is the one. This is the National Social Club, NSC 131. They say neo-Nazi statewide. statewide. These are the yeah. guys throwing the... the National the, Socialist, that tends to track. That means Nazi, Yes. Here we go. Uh, Norwich chapter anti-government movement. Norwich chapter. It just says Norwich chapter. I assume maybe that's of Moms of Liberty again. Anti-government. Then you have Patriot Front, which they have as white nationalists. The Patriot Front people say they are not. Regardless, they're not my kind of people. Then you've got the Proud Boys. If you've talked to the Proud Boys, it says general hate. (laughs) They just hate everybody. (laughs) Yes, it is. They're just general hate. The Proud Boys. I have. They're pretty diverse for a hate group. Well, among other things. Well, yeah, but the, also the Proud Boys in Connecticut are not doing anything. They're not doing anything but being the Proud Boys. It's just general hate. Yep. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, the American State Assembly is an American government movement. The Post, uh, an anti-government movement. The Post and the email. I assume that's uh, in Canterbury. I assume that's another uh, a publication they don't like. It's an anti-government movement. And then We Are Change in Waterbury, which is an anti-government movement. Let me look up change. Okay, so they're not like, though these are not really active Nazi groups per se. <clears throat> they're not like running Nazi candidates for office or something. Uh, correct. Or really committing big organized hate crimes or terror attacks or anything like that, correct? Uh, that's correct. So... So We Are, we are Change has... Um... Uh, stuff by Crowder on there and Alex Jones and, you know, whatever. Um, see, how they're asking Pfizer questions. You know, they're far, they're right-wing people, no doubt. I don't know what their deal is. But to for but this is what is cited by Dedarian in his crappy uh, feature to scare the hell out of people. 
and about show, the 11 heat groups exactly. that are in Connecticut. And show everybody why he needs to be let back into polite society because he's really woke and he's all in and he's finding hate everywhere. Rhode Island has seven and New York, 53. Oh, well, New York's Sobel a pretty big state. Anti- I mean, you got to think of all those different Moms for Liberty chapters. Defamation League locally here in Connecticut. Listen to this. In the last 20 days or so. Here in Connecticut, we have tracked almost 300% increase in hate incidents that have been reported to our office. And that includes vandalism, harassment, and assault. And Sobel. Anything in particular, Jeff Dedarian? Anybody you want to point to? Any Mm -hmm. footage? Of any of these campuses where the Palestinian flags have been? Nope. Well, right. And one statistic that I've heard cited quite a bit over the last month or so is that anti-Semitism accounts for about 60% of hate crimes in the United States. Yes. Even though Jewish people are about 2% of the population in the United States. Shared this shocking statistic. One third of all hate incidents in Connecticut for 2022 came from kids from kindergarten to 12th grade. In other words, they weren't real hate incidents. Yeah, it was like a kid drawing a mean picture or drawing a bad symbol or saying a bad word. One third came from kids K (laughs) from the river to the sea. K through 12. So as far as I'm concerned, one third of these can be dismissed immediately. Right. Do you remember that one? There was one. Where was it? Was it in Western Mass somewhere? Where it was like a middle schooler and the teacher like quit their job because the middle schooler said something so racist to them. Yeah. And like stuck out his tongue at him or something. Yes, and the yes, teacher yes. like couldn't handle it and quit their job because the school didn't protect them yes. from the middle schooler. <laughs> I mean, like at some point you have to make peace with the fact that kids, in particular kids around middle school age especially, are going to try to push buttons. And if the thing that said everybody gasping for smelling salts is racism then they're going to do racist things yes absolutely yes you heard that right brian donahue says although his skin color is white he knows about hate all too well and it's personal they have faced ostracism uh, because of their, uh, hey, I, I don't want my kid next to you. Uh, you know, they've been called the N-word. You see, Brian and his wife adopted two children of color. He's co-founder of a local grassroots organization called Not Just I like Us, this new royalty-free music he switched yes. to. <laughs> Volunteers have it's visited 12 cities and towns with plans for more. On a recent sunny Sunday in Bloomfield, several Stop Hate groups met in this church to focus on solutions and resources that are... These groups are groups that find hate. <laughs> ...available to people who are victims of hate. This is, where, this is where Dedarian is pretending he's doing a public service. Right. ...takes the information back to their local community. Wayne Winston, co-founder of Not Just Us, says the evil side of people has learned no one is born to hate. It's He's going got the to Black take... Power t-shirt. Of course. The, the fist mm-hmm, in the, the fist, air. uh-huh. Some major tragedy for someone to wake up and go, oh my God, they're here. They are here. Now we've got drone footage of Kilkea Castle, or whatever that castle is that we almost visited. At first blush, many places around here are warm and welcoming, almost looking like a postcard. But according to state crime data obtained by News 8, looks can be deceiving. Uh-oh. Here's a look at the Here three top locations where incidents of hate <laughs> are at their highest for last oh, year. No. 
New Britain leads the list with 19 hate incidents. Next, New Haven at 9 and Torrington at 7. Connecticut State Police have now formed a new hate... In other words, not a lot. Crimes Task Force on alert for trouble in every city and town. Detective Alvin Chen is part of this specialized unit and says these groups are slick. Hard to keep track of, especially because of social media. What do you want to say to those people that are watching tonight that might have been the victim of a crime, of a hate crime, but they don't know what to do and they're afraid to come forward? I want to, you know, stand here today to say that all the, if you're possibly in a victim or witness a, as a victim of a hate crime, come forward. You could be report the incident or uh, the, as an anonymous and let the law enforcement take it from there. Oh. And remember we told you prosecuting haters as well? Not easy. No. Nope. Here's why. The spoken word is... Because there's no problem. Because <laughs> mostly most of the things they're worried about are not crimes, right. really. The K-12 through unit is especially benign. <laughs> the flyer is offensive, but not a crime. It has to be followed by an actual crime of Darn it. assault or vandalism. The white supremacist... So you're not finding that, so why are we doing a story? <laughs> There's no assault. I happened. mean, why do you think they're logging the number of hate incidents and not the number of right. hate crimes? Because right. a hate incident can be somebody finding a Sharpie swastika in the bathroom stall. Yes. That we've encountered in Connecticut and pretty much nationwide really know how to go up to the line before they violate the First Amendment. And here in the U.S., we're very lucky that we have a First Amendment that protects us. And unfortunately, hate speech is the price we pay for freedom of speech. They go up to the line. In other words, they don't cross the line. In other words, they're just talking. Right. You had to invent a new category so you'd have something to show us how much hate is out there. But of course, it's not hate. You've had to redefine it. The latest numbers are for 2022, and Connecticut State Police arrested 39 people on hate crime charges. The top three charges were for intimidation, simple assault, and aggravated assault. We're all one. Yeah. Uh, now, um, no further digging into who was arrested and why, Jeff. Right. And I think that's very interesting. It's very, here's back to the dad who belongs to the wacky church of Fist of the Air people. <laughs> we're almost all identical uh, in our makeup, you know. It's, so it's, we need to get to know people who are different than us. Yeah, but according to the statistics in the state, you have and it's going well. Donahue says he'll be doing his part, one city and town at a time, to help rid the state Ugh. of hate for everyone in Connecticut, but especially for his two young daughters who just wish the state was colorblind when it comes to skin color. Now, while these groups are aggressive and in your face, certainly they are apparently a little camera shy. A request to talk with local members went nowhere. No reply at all. Yeah. Mostly because they're not there. Yes, they're not a, in existence, among other things. And <laughs> no reply at all. And I think that would make sense. Yeah, we're doing an expose, Moms of Liberty, on hate bigots, and we'd like to talk to you about it. <laughs> what about, I mean, but do you think if they went to the river to the sea people and asked them? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. 
Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. To weigh in on anything I, in the state, they'd be able to find somebody? I think they would, <laughs> which is why they didn't ask. They were out. WTNH was there. They had plenty of footage from Yukon, of the people celebrating the massacre, of the people who were anti-Semited to death. Mm-hmm. And now, I actually want to bring this up because... Well, well we're okay, not quite done. We're not quite done. Okay. Listen to this. You ask how people like this get into Put media. Put a pen in that. And get gigs. All right, so Jeff, what do you do if you've been a victim of a hate crime or you know someone who has? Right, good question. The uh, experts, law enforcement say, call police right away, your local police department, or your, uh, you can call your local state police barracks or the FBI. They have a tip number. It's 1-800-CALL-FBI, and you can also submit a tip online. Listen for we have all of the information for you if you need it. Just go to WTNH.com. Oh, damn. They, they cut it off? They cut it off. Where did I hear it? Oh, how'd they how'd he get the gig um he uh interned with the other guy the other rank oh. when they were both starting out oh. so it's just i don't know if that's how technically got it but it's good he's to know buddies people. with people there yes so this is how media gets bad local media right um so i wanted to raise this about the uh palestinians because there's been a lot of talk including when i said the other day and you said that flying the palestinian flag for example in north andover and at all these rallies and wherever else is supportive of the massacres on october 7th and a bunch of people went you know there's a difference between hamas and palestine right hamas has the green flag and that's the palestinian flag and the palestinian people are innocent and all this stuff so somebody did a poll of a bunch of people in gaza about 700 palestinians so i mean I don't know. Take it with a bit of a grain of salt because I don't know how good the polling is in Palestine at the moment. Mm-hmm. But somebody did a poll from uh, Gaza in the West Bank, October 31 to November 7th of Palestinians. And it's not a huge population. So as long as they have a random sample, that should, in theory, be enough to get a fairly good read on where people are. You want to take any guesses what percent of Palestinians in Gaza and the West Bank support specifically the October 7th massacres? Uh, I know it's very rare because mm-hmm. they're like everybody else. I would say 11%. Uh, that would be incorrect. It would be 74% support the October 7th massacres. Huh. Um, the groups that Gazans say have a positive role are Al-Qassam, Islamic Jihad, Al-Aqsa Brigade, and Hamas. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would the say groups so. that they say are negative include the Red Cross and the UN. <laughs> Um, the most common... This is a very hateful poll, by the way. Yeah, um, the... They also were asked if they prefer a one-state solution where, as as we know, um, this is what Rashida Tlaib told us, 
it stands for like unity and multiculturalism that they're going to have a one state solution from the river to the sea where all the races live together in peace. Um, they were asked if they prefer that kind of one state solution, a two state solution for two people, two groups of people. So an Israeli state and a Palestinian state or a one state solution with no Israeli people. That was um, 75% prefer a Palestinian state with no Jewish people. What would happen to the Jewish people? The 7 million Jewish people, unclear what would happen to them. Um, And then 17% want a two-state solution for two separate people. And then 5% want a one-state solution where they live together in peace and harmony in the one state. So problematic. (laughs) um, Let's see. And then I was looking for, there's some big percent too. Where was this result? Some big result uh, thinks that they're going to win the war with Israel too. Um, And they believe that it's a war between Palestinians and Israel and not Hamas and Israel. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Essentially, when you're talking about the October 7th massacres, you're talking about something that is celebrated and appreciated by the Palestinian people. And they do not want the Jewish people to live there at all. Join me on the SPLC's list. So, yeah. I mean, I, I thought that was... A really yeah, fascinating result. I did send that to us. That is very yes. good. Um, I also wanted to bring up, since we're on the hate list, I wanted to bring up some of the people in our nation right now who are doing a lot to actually combat hate and sure. and bring about equity yes. in our nation. And um, uh, one place where that's happening is um, in medicine, because as we know, med- the medical industry is racist. And one thing we know is that um, black people die of cardiovascular disease more than white people do um, due to racism in medicine, largely. So one of the criteria for evaluating heart disease by the um, American Heart Association has always been, you know, race has been a factor when they consider like your risk factors for heart disease. But they have decided not to do that anymore. Oh, yes. Race is a social construct, and they feel that by using race as a shorthand for risk factors, that they um, are overlooking the true factors which underlie race, because race is a social construct, the two uh, true underlying factors, like living in food deserts and leading you to eat unhealthy food that are leading to the difference in outcomes, which we don't know what any of those factors are, of course, so... You know, they're they're not evaluating for them. What that means is just that fewer people of color will get the treatment that they need for heart disease. But, you know, at least they're not using race as a thing. Um, So like what this Dr. Khan said when they published their new algorithm said, uh, he said, race is a social construct um, and we can cause significant harm by implying that it is any kind of biological predictor. And then the article goes on to say that doesn't mean black Americans are not at higher risk of dying of cardiovascular disease. They are. And the life expectancy of black Americans is shorter as well. But race has been used in algorithms as a stand in for a range of factors that are working (laughs) against black Americans. It's not clear to scientists what those risks are. And if they were better understood, we could address them and work to modify them. So mostly they're going to not. Uh, fix black Americans from having cardiovascular disease, but they're going to be equitable about it. I'm going to pair that with this story, Alice. 
Nurses, pharmacists, even barbers have to pass tests to work in D.C., but the D.C. Council is considering doing away with the exam requirement for certain types of social workers over concerns of racial bias. Yeah, the move comes as the nation grapples with a shortage of social workers. Our investigative reporter Ted Oberg and the News 4 I team have been digging into this debate. Ted, what's at stake here? Yeah, hey, Jim and Un, social workers address the needs of our city's most vulnerable neighbors. And everyone we spoke with agrees it's important to make sure they are qualified to do that. But critics and now a D.C. council member say the test that's long been used to determine that readiness is holding too many people of color back from the communities that need the help the most. On Catholic University's campus. And I want to hear from each group. Graduate students like Sarah and Nestor are preparing for a career helping others. Concerns of racial bias. Sarah is from Southeast DC and wants to fill a gap she discovered when she was the one who needed help. When I searched for therapists in DC, uh, finding a black therapist as a woman who would see the same worldviews as me was almost nil. The same worldviews. The News 4i team sat down with the students, Sarah, Carla Abney, Emily Fortes, and Raquel Ruiz, as DC contemplates changing what it takes to become a social worker. Only one of them, PhD candidate Carla, has taken the exam, needed to become what's called a licensed graduate social worker. It was one of the toughest things I've ever done. She passed, but the I team found there's growing concern that too few people who look like her are passing too. Uh, uh. What the exam is doing is de-diversifying the profession. Catholic University professor Michael Massey says de diversifying yeah. yeah. This reminds me of the teacher's exam in New York that they paid out. Racial bias. Are you yeah, the move comes as the communities that need the help. The News 4i team's Catholic University professor Michael Massey says for years he's seen too many students of color succeed in class but fail the most. Between 2018 and 2021, 76% of white test takers passed the bachelor's level exam the first time. But only only 60% of Asian test takers did, followed by 53% of Hispanic applicants and only 33% of black test takers passed that first time. This reminds me of the New York teacher's exam where yes. they paid out millions of dollars to people who never passed the test, never became teachers for all their lost wages <laughs> from not being able to pass the exam, Right, uh, which was fascinating. But um, the last one I want to get to uh, of groups... That By are- the way, um, so what they're doing is they're going to allow you to work with somebody. So they'll hire you and you get to be work along somebody who has passed... Oh, God. So it'd be kind of an associate person who's doesn't have their wings yet. So that, <laughs> oh, God. that can happen. It's funny. I, I heard Matt Walsh talk about the story, mm-hmm. and he celebrated that the white people were beating Asians at a test. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder about that, too. That yeah. never happened. I know. I know. Um, well, his contention was that the all the really the Asian grid test takers were in far better fields and yeah. <laughs> social work. Mm. Um. Okay, so the last group that I wanted to talk about that's tackling racism is a group that we haven't heard anything about for a little while. This is a working group that was put together in part by our former state senator when we lived in Melrose, Jason Lewis, and a bunch of other people in the legislature who put together this panel. And I know you were waiting with bated breath for the results of this panel because this was shortly after the racial reckoning in 2020 with George Floyd. Um, It came to everyone's attention that our state seal and state motto, which are both featured on our state flag here in Massachusetts, are incredibly racist because they 
feature a Native American. Um, and uh, it used to say, come and help us. And now it says, like, through the sword, peace, and right. only peace under liberty. Which is, no, we can't have that. So, can't have that. I think anyway, he's, isn't he holding a weapon? The or sword, something? the a sword Miles near Standish's him. sword is, like, over the Native American's Ooh. head. No, no, yeah, no. no. Mm, yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, so after we had the racial reckoning, everybody realized that the flag was racist. And so the Massachusetts state legislature put together a panel in early 2021 to do something about this flag. And they were supposed to come back with recommendations towards the end of 2021, but they requested some more time and some more money. This is the reporting from Matt Stout at the Boston Globe. He's a good reporter, actually. He's an old Um, Herald guy. Yeah. Um, And so this panel, this was 20 people. It was created by the legislature in January of 2021. Uh, It was designed in 1898, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, The state commission originally faced an October 2021 deadline to produce recommendations, which it missed amid a series of logistical hurdles and questions over its mission. The legislature then gave it three extensions and $100,000 in funding, ultimately setting a Wednesday deadline for it to produce its recommendations. So are you ready for the recommendations? I'm going to guess it's going to be a rainbow flag with a a Palestine in it um, and a furry. Uh, The group said in its report that it submitted to lawmakers Wednesday that a working group under the Secretary of State should be tasked with creating a New Zealand motto. Well, no, they are the working group. (laughs) We have a working group. It's already been a few years. They've got lots of money. Well, um, no. In spring of of 2022, so this is about a year, a little over a year after they started, they were able to recommend that the motto and seal should be replaced. Oh, good, good. And, so now and, we're another year and a and half And then they brought later. in all the comps for the new seals, et cetera. And which one did they pick for the new flag? Um, well, they think that somebody else should do that, including tackling the important choice of how to properly represent Native Americans if the current seal should be scrapped. So wait, so, so they're handing the mission back. <laughs> yes. The report caps what's been, well, I guess it doesn't cap it. It caps what's been a years-long and divisive process for overhauling the seal that has splashed across Massachusetts state buildings, letterhead, and the state flag. Uh, In its report Wednesday, it said a new seal and motto should include symbols that are aspirational and inclusive of the diverse perspectives, histories, and experiences of Massachusetts residents. People's Knights of Judea or whatever. This is too good. So see, it only took them three years to make this recommendation. Aspirational, inclusive of diverse perspectives, histories, and experiences. Okay, guys. How about this one out of all 17 of us? Is there everybody? We're not going to get one person offended at this one? Johnny, oh, come on. We were almost out of here. In its report Wednesday, it said a new seal motto. Okay, aspirational and inclusive. It did not offer specific designs of what those should be, but provided a variety of suggestions, including different flora, such as an elm tree or cranberries. Is everybody okay? (laughs) Anybody upset about cranberries? A chickadee, a cod. Geographic features, I hope the it's a ocean, <laughs> the coastline, or simply the state's shape. <laughs> Anybody offended by the shape of the state? Anyone? Appropriate terms for the motto, the group wrote, could be... By the be... way, you could find reasons to be by offended by all of those. Oh, if you wanted to? Sure. Yes. Why not? Um, they didn't pick a new motto either, but they said appropriate no. terms for the motto could be things like hope, yep. for the common good, 
or names of Massachusetts tribal nations. Which also I don't like because that's exclusionary to all the unless you know what they should be all of the names all the, I want to Nick Monks, you want, I want the, I want them all I want names. all the names and I wanted to say hope and for the common good and, and I, I want wanna, an elm tree cranberries chickadee cod yes. the ocean coastline and the shape of the state all in that and LGBT cute good I point plus. true because it has to be aspirational and yes. inclusive of diverse perspectives that is beautiful so, so what have they been doing for the last three years you might wonder because i could produce this report in about 10 minutes for mm-hmm. them for free if they needed me to it doesn't seem like this is what it should have taken 20 people three years and a hundred thousand dollars to come up with um GBH reported that the debate over how to actually create a new seal and motto was often complex Members were split on whether a native. One of the reasons it's complex is because it's make pretend world, mm-hmm. and anything can happen in make pretend world. All sorts of make pretend things to be make pretend offended by, all over the place. Mm-hmm. Members were split on whether a Native American figure should be this included. Is, somewhere there's like the cod community is like leave us a. F- <laughs> Indigenous members said that the visual representation could prevent additional erasure of their communities. Others, meanwhile, argue <laughs> oh, that the depiction of a human figure, regardless of background, is inherently exclusive. Yes. The group also Wait noted... Isn't it exclusive to... What other animals are we talking about? What other beings are on this commission? <laughs> uh, the group also noted that a majority of Wait, Native American respondents... A depiction respondents of a human is... <laughs> inherently exclusive. To anything not human. This is a tough. Or to other this is a tough task force. I don't know. This is going to be tough, guys. Um, the group also noted a majority of Native American respondents in a public survey indicated that they prefer keeping a Native American on the seal. Oh, oh, that's a kick in the balls. Oh, that's. <laughs> Damn. This challenge will need to be addressed in the final design of the state seal and motto. The report reads. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> so, so they're letting you know that you're going to have to solve this one. The report can never be done. It can only be worked on. <laughs> but what those next steps the legislature could take are unclear. One of those to vote against the final version was Senator Nick Collins, a South Boston Democrat, uh, State it's Representative Antonio right there, I mean. Cabral, a New Bedford Democrat, said the group deserves a lot of credit for the work that it had done on how, a complicated how issue. How 2023 is that? Well done, guys. Good job. <laughs> I know that it's an issue that can be touchy, it can be sensitive, and I think it was handled quite well without offending anybody, Cabral so said at the group's the final point, meeting. Then, yeah, I guess they did. <laughs> well, they don't have a new seal or a new flag <laughs> or a new motto, but came, other than that, I mean, they didn't offend anybody, we came that's to a true. grinding halt almost immediately. <laughs> Others slightly disagreed. Jim Wallace, a commission member and executive director of the Gun Owners Action League, called the commission a colossal failure that was bogged down by lengthy discussion about the history of the current seal apparently and circular arguments about what could or could not replace it honestly it was the worst working group i have get him on yeah we we should should. get him on honestly it was the worst working group i have ever dealt with in my career wallace said a longtime lobbyist in a phone interview wednesday they were so worried about potentially hurting somebody's feelings that they went out of their way to make sure everybody got a say on everything in a one-hour meeting which then shut it down oh that's great Uh, that is great so, uh, Melissa Ferretti, chairwoman and president of the Herring Pond Wampanoag Tribe and commission member, said oh, the dialogue oh. at times swerved... I know her from somewhere. Did I, Did she yell at me? I don't know. 
Melissa Freddy. The dialogue at times swerved towards recommending to just remove the sword and call it a day, and that even with repeated extensions, the commission could have benefited from more time to meet its legal mandate to make recommendations for a revised or new design for the seal motto. Asked whether she believes the group accomplished its charge, Ferretti was torn. Yes and no, she said. Mostly no, because there's no new flag. We spent a lot of time trying to figure out who's in charge, who's doing what, how does this look? We did accomplish what we set out to do with the time allowed. Did you, though? Really? Because it seems to me that you were supposed to come up with something for a new flag and that nothing happened. But I hope moving forward, we're still part of this decision ma- decision making. Obviously, we're not legislators. Ultimately, legislators, ultimately, those are the powers that be. So uh, there we go. That's Massachusetts. Your tax dollars at work, $100,000, 20 members on this commission sat here for three years. And, um, you know, according to who was that senator or rep Cabral, um, according to him, a state rep. Antonio Cabral, they uh, did a really good job because they didn't offend anybody. So they met, they went to meetings and they talked about the seal and the motto and the flag. But, um, and, you know, so as far as he's concerned, their work here is done because um, they managed to meet about the flag without offending anyone. Very interesting. Very interesting. I think that's wonderful. So take the community she forwarded this in her Twitter. Take the community health equity survey. Maybe we'll save this for next time. Okay. Did we even talk about the Osama bin Laden fangirls in this? We did last night briefly. We We played one video of them last night. Okay, that's fine. Okay, as long as we covered that. Okay, Alice, what is the hot sauce? That is the uh, Chelsea Wicked Fire hot sauce, uh, bringing us the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Wine. Um. Ready? Okay, I'm ready. Tom, did you see the latest controversy with our girl Paige Sperniak? Do you really think she was being a little too cheeky in the uh, Instagram post? I don't, of course. I actually, it's funny because I, I, we've been trying to, I, I sent that along to Dave uh, Colonine. She looks fat as hell in that. I'm sorry, dude. She, hey, that is a fat booty. And it is. You just are not into no, big butts. She didn't used to have that else. Some, pi- some people her, are into that, though. We used to be friends, she and I. Mm-hmm. I've known her for a long time. And she was a svelte woman. It, it, it's it's not a judgment thing. But she's fat. It's fine. But she is. I mean... Some people are into that look, though, okay, I think. Okay, that's fine. But it's not the... It's... I mean... You're, some people are into the look. Mostly people are into the con- beautiful contours of beautiful women. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think the golf crowd probably fine. It's fine. Yes, I did, Steve. So, but there you go. Uh, I think she. Well, I'm not gonna. What? (sighs) I mean, she talked about the um, the like cup size issue in relation to her weight, right? But like, I mean, but there's guys that are into that and guys that aren't, and like a lot of times, women who are curvier in the chest also have a tendency to look more like that as they get older too like i've heard guys say stuff like you should never date a girl who's over a b cup because she'll be fat later is that true that's a thing i've heard guys say it i don't know if it's 
a thing. But oh, I mean, like over a B cup, that's not small. Well, because well, yeah, it's pretty small. But their contention is that if you date women when they're younger who have bigger boobs, that like when they're older and they have kids, they'll be fat because they tend to be curvier and have a higher percentage of body. You know, fat. young men have a lot of stupid theories, Alice. Okay, so. I'm just letting you know. SFM, Stephen Merrimack. Okay. John Irving's lost novel. Okay. Hi. Hey. Steve from Aramek. Tom, I just want you to know, I've been on barnesandnoble.com, I've been on amazon.com, I've walked into some brick-and-mortar bookstores, but nowhere can I find Sling Blade by John Irving. <laughs> Is it not? Uh, oh, man. What book were you thinking of? I'm fascinated. No. Because, I mean, as we all know, Sling Blade was entirely original by Billy Bob. Was it? Oh. But uh, Maybe it was Cider House. It was a good chuckle. Cider House. Oh, I no. like the Cider Billy House. Billy Bob rules. Thornton was in Cider House Rules, wasn't he? Maybe that's how it was. I didn't how watch that movie. Be shocked I only to know. read the book. <laughs> I have not seen Sling Blade either. But I, I have um, not read a John Irving piece. I did love World According to Garp, as a matter of fact. Actually, mm-hmm. Supple. It's interesting because you showed me that movie and I did not know it was a John Irving book, but I had read yeah. years before and loved the Cider House Rules book and read it multiple times. And then seeing that movie, yeah. I could see how it was how the book would have been written by the same person. Yeah, it was a big. Um, um, but I did not see the big, Cider uh, House sneak Rules previews movie. with um, who are the guys with sneak previews? Robert E. e- Burton Siskel. Uh, preview because the plane flew into the house and mm-hmm. the chance of this happening again or in, or, um, but Supple actually watched that with me and cried when he got shot because she said it reminded her of me getting shot <laughs> have you gotten shot? no but she <laughs> may, I, maybe I, I don't know because I was nothing like the Robin Williams character in that <laughs> I, why did her mind jump immediately to you getting shot? I don't know maybe it was tears of joy I guess is what you're saying maybe Oh, all right. I can't tell what is black and what is not. Uh... Tom, when you mentioned Idlewild Airport, yes. I thought you were going to reference Goodfellas because that right. was the scene of the Latanza heist. Yeah, that's classic. That's classic. No, no, no. I didn't. I, 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 I mean, by the way, Toasty got that, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And your mother got that, as it turns out. Mm-hmm. And it, you, why does it hurt you so much that that was so brilliant? Is it because you can't do that? I just don't <laughs> find it that entertaining. But I'm happy it makes you happy because I love you. No, find it entertaining rather than love me. BFS. Hey, TNA, my favorite podcast besties. Hey. Um, so I've decided to compile a list of the most punchable faces. And while there are some females, I'd like to add to Add to it, um, Alice. I'm going to ask you to do so on your ledger. Oh, you know people like Cher and Alyssa Milano and yep. Bette Midler. I don't know. I don't think people those. should punch women. No, you. No, it's your ledger. You can punch it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. but I don't. I don't punch people generally. I, have you? Have you not punched me? I don't think you so. have. Visited, I threw a phone at you, but yeah, I don't think I've you've punched you. Pain upon me. Well, the squeezing of the hand. Libtarded fems. But, um, so, number one is Howard Stern. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I was never a huge Stern guy. I was never, never a huge Stern guy. And he's such a puss now, it's ridiculous. For being 
the most hypocritical sellout in the history of media. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeff Didarian. Whoa. I hope I meet him in a dark or not so dark alley someday because I will reconfigure wow. his facade. Obviously. Thank you guys. Love you. Have a good night. Thank you. Obviously, Thank it's you. Meta- yeah. metaphorically, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he is, he does appear to be. Somewhere around four and a half feet tall, so I don't think <laughs> I don't think he's necessarily a tough guy. <clears throat> but uh, people have strong feelings about him. People do not are not uh, are not pleased with this guy. Hi, Steve from Aramac. New rule for me. Yeah, uh, I will no longer leave messages while in the middle of listening to the burn barrel because. Ooh. Uh, I left a message about the whole Candace Owens moon landing thing. Yes. And right after I left the message, uh, about three seconds later in the podcast, you mentioned it. Well, so, go. uh, well, hold on, for- Steve, hold on. I don't want to step in you, but, uh, I see that message right there. So should I not hit that one? So that way Steve- he can't answer. No, I know. But what do you think, Alice? So, so I, I want to hear what he has to say about this, about the moon landing. <laughs> okay. Or I, I will not be doing that. Uh, but uh, uh, an addendum, possibly to my first message, okay, we won't play. Uh, which is in general, um, the sure. Daily Wire. I I like those guys, yeah. But there is a hectoring and moralizing uh, aspect to many of those people, especially like Matt Walsh, mm-hmm. that just kind of bothers me, and I. I just ask myself, uh, I just ask the question when I hear him sometimes, I'm like, who the f*** are you <laughs> to tell to talk like that? I don't know. Anyway, bye. So, I mean, I am not going to answer as comprehensively as I could because, for among other things, I'm going to be working with those guys soon. Um, but, but I will tell you that I am not a huge fan of the end of podcast being a life advice thing from anybody. And... It happens there a lot with just about everyone, and it happens with a lot of different podcasts a lot. I mean, the only thing worse than that is, like, uh, Sup With You, like our segment that we have to do tonight, Alice, where, um, you know, where people tell you what they're reading, mm-hmm. et cetera. I think it's like, oh, so the podcast is really over is what you're saying. Right. Which is why we're going to do it, too, because we want to add more bad elements. But, yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you, Steve. It's like, like who, especially with somebody, not on a Daily Wire, because I respect and love all of my coworkers there. But on other platforms, it's like some twenty-seven-year-old kid is telling me life advice. Like, f off, dude! I'm like, get out of here. Crowder does that too, which is just rubbish. So we've got the Steve's other one. Should we play it? Sure. Why not? Okay. Hi, I'm Steve from Merrimack. Uh, regarding the Candace Owens thing, I got to be candid. My opinion of her really started to nosedive. Yeah. Fairly recently, when. Uh, she was on Bill Maher's Club Random podcast, yep. and I i don't know if you've ever listened to it, but I really enjoy well, that. Hold on one second, Steve. Tom's a big fan of that podcast. I'm a big fan of it. I love it. I think it really can be awesome, and I really enjoy it there. It makes me like him more, the way he like hangs out with like mm-hmm. Kid Rock or whoever. Some of them, the, with Rob Schneider one was great, so I do. And I've what you're about to say, I exactly felt as well. That show... Because Bill generally keeps the politics to a minimum, and it's pretty funny mm-hmm. and interesting. But um, but he had Candace on like a month ago, and within five minutes, Candace is basically denying we landed on the moon, 
And then, you know, Bill's like, what are you talking about? And she goes, and Candace is saying, well, if, if we landed on the moon, how come we never went back? And my jaw was on the floor. I'm just yeah. like, Candace, you, I know you're way younger than I am, but you cannot be this ignorant. You can't. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can go it, around. It just colors like yeah. every opinion that she has now for me. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I was never really a huge fan, but man, that really kind of <laughs> was very disappointing. Yeah, it anyway, was. That's, that's a tough you. one. And well, I will say one thing mm-hmm. is that I thought Bill Maher, Stephen, maybe you agree. I thought Bill Maher let her off the hook because he could have just just burned her yeah. for the next 30 minutes. But I think and I think that's like playing into the Israel stuff, too, more so even than the fact that she differs from Ben Shapiro on the Israel topic is that she says a bunch of stuff that's not true about Israel. Yes, right. And, and I, that that's the bigger problem. And I told you before that I like I ran into that with her during COVID, like that she was saying stuff about data that just wasn't true about it and stuff. And that like I I think she's really good at what she does and she's, you know, a great and very persuasive orator and and really good at presenting things and you know she's really pretty and polished and but she the more you listen to her the more you discover that on a bunch of topics she doesn't have any idea what she's talking no, about which is I, aggravating and i do think that it would be the end the absolute end i think she's gonna leave anyway but if she debated ben shapiro about israel i think she, oh, would, she would get her destroyed. reputation would be gone forever yeah she would get destroyed and probably get personal at some point she also used to have the opposite opinion on israel like not that long ago mm-hmm. because when trump moved the embassy there she was to jerusalem she was all about that and was saying that stuff and a bunch of people so she was doing this stuff with like quoting the bible at ben shapiro and tweeting out christ is king and stuff which um you know like i'm a christian although i think like tweeting Christ is king aggressively at Jewish people is a little bit. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't suggest it. Um, But she also I saw a clip of her recently and I don't like follow her that closely. So I didn't realize this. But when she was on Rogan a while ago, she sort of said like, oh, I'm not the best person to talk about religion. And she was like, well, Charlie is a really evangelical Christian and I'm not. So blah, blah, blah. So so she kind of backed away from the whole like Christianity (laughs) thing. And now she's like tweeting out the Bible at Ben Shapiro and telling him Christ is king in response to like, it just seems really like oddly coming out of nowhere for what her image has been. So I have a question for you. What's up with you? Uh, Step with me. So I have been on a Clavin reading kick because I read his most recent book because we were interviewing him, which is the third in his Cameron Winter um, detective series that we talked to him about Mm -hmm. the other day. So now I've gone back and I'm reading one and two, which I think I'd read like part of one when you were listening to the audio book a couple years back or like listened to part of the audio book. But I'm not really an audio book person. I don't absorb information well that way. So I... um, I went ahead and downloaded the actual like text books and I have been reading those and I, I love them. I think they're really great and um and fun and you know they're the, the first was, one's was... seasonal when Christmas comes and now I think I'll read them aloud to you instead of you listening to the audio book like because I love reading aloud. I love reading aloud. It's like half the reason I had yeah. kids is to, so I would have people it's part to of the glue read of our marriage to. too. Yeah, you're reading to us. It's like watching a movie. Drive. We love driving it's around. Before we did Kids podcasts on long yeah. drives, that's what we would do. Is I would read aloud books to us. So, do you have a question for me? Uh, what's up with you? 
Well, uh, I'm glad you asked that because uh, since there's no KMS now. Um, well, just today. There were two shows this week. I know. So but... when we had that question in the chat, people were asking what happened with Steve from Gloucester today. But he was not on because Kirk canceled today. Crow, I think he's the, sick, the, the, They're back next week. but maybe it's I thought they're back tomorrow. No, I think he's next week. I think. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see. He's supposed to have a show tomorrow. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, okay. So maybe, 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 maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, I don't maybe know. you're right. Who knows? Oh, you're, are you on Jerry tomorrow? Um, I believe I will be on Jerry tomorrow. I was on Jerry this morning. Jerry Callahan. Mm-hmm. And there's a chance that, uh, there's a chance, but anyway, I did text with him and, and he's optimistic about getting back hopefully soon. Um, and there's a chance I'll be popping into a Jerry show, not tomorrow, but here At and At some point in the future. Depending. There's a lot of moving parts. Unfortunately, it's a little bit like the task force on the flag here, that there are a lot of sensitivities and <laughs> concerns uh, from people. What's up with me? Sup with you. I'm glad you asked that because I've been watching. Or do I have to say it's up with you? Oh, that works too. I like that. Um, what is up with you? I've been um, watching, rewatching the my rewatching of The Sopranos because mm-hmm. it's just comfortable for me, and I like them all. There's a lot of fat guys in there that makes me feel comfortable, and um, also something on the Ming Dynasty. I don't know a lot of this. Your the show that you love, the history show. Mm-hmm. Is really freaking fantastic. What's it called again? The Fall of Civilizations yeah. podcast on YouTube. Yeah. That's really great and addictive. Unfortunately, it keeps me up later at night. It does. I find it very soothing. I, my if I put data it on my recorder phone, starts to fade as If we I go. put it on my phone, I fall asleep so fast because it's this British guy's voice and he's like very calming and I just pass right out. Oh, it's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So that's what su- that's sup with me, if you must know. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, If you are interested in joining us for live streams and things like that, that is at patreon.com. What is your cup size now? Right now? Um, Or 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Well, um, the bras I have are a D, but they're kind of small, so I don't know. Okay, so what about a year ago this time? A D, probably. Okay. Oh, so you're... you're an ample. That's, yeah, it's on the bigger side. Was never like that before, though. Like, wasn't like the thirteen years ago. Pre kids, it was probably a C. What was? Was it really that big? Yeah. Damn it! What I was? I, why didn't I document this crap? Um. Anyway, uh, where was I even? Um, Patreon.com/slash burn barrel or uh, the show is always free of course burnbarrelpodcast.com is where you can find links to all the different places to listen wherever you like to listen to podcasts youtube rumble etc hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.